Hello and welcome to 9394, a music podcast with me, Travis. How are you? I hope you're doing good. I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I got this good omen in my life recently. I pulled in to my driveway like, I don't know, pretty late at night, the other night on the weekend. And when I pulled in, there was this really fat possum hanging out in my driveway and he very slowly turned and saw me and kind of like scuttled his pudgy butt across the driveway until he got to like the fence and I was like oh fuck what are you gonna do now big fella and he just contorted his little body well pudgy body into this I don't know thing (laughs) just wiggled quickly underneath the fence and was off and since I have dogs I seldom get to see possums They scare them off as soon as I bring them out into the yard, so I don't really get to see them very often. So seeing one to me is like, I don't know, seeing some sort of fairy folk or something. I know that seems like a little much, but I really like them. And uh, I really like urban fauna generally. Big shout out to all the urban fauna that uh, brings some nature into our lives. I love squirrels, raccoons, possums, yes, fucking pigeons, rats. I'll give it up to rats. Rats are cool. Not in the house, obviously. No one wants that shit. Unless they're pets, which is very cool. You know, skunks, so long as you're not spraying. All these animals, they're pretty cool. Finches, we like birds around here too, right? Birds like finches and what are they? Seagulls, if you're in Michigan? I don't know. I appreciate the nature that has found a way to live among us and thrive. Raccoons, I'm looking at you especially. Deer, what the fuck? Um, We need a little bit less of you. No offense. You're still cool. But seriously. All right. So that's enough um, rambling for me today. I've got my buddy Dustin Lintz back on the show, and I am so stoked. He is such a fun guy. I had a really great time with this episode with him in particular. We got into some local music lore, as well as, of course, the album that we're here to talk about today, which is Chrome from the almighty Catherine Wheel. Super underappreciated band. I mean, just, whew, I mean... (laughs) Catherine Wheel are like godfathers of the genre of alternative rock, and they just don't get the play that they deserve, I don't think. So we had a good time talking about them at length. Check it out. I can hear and see you this time. That's the way it works. How you doing, buddy? Oh, no. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Love the shirt. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Britney Spears shirt. That's that's fantastic. And that image of her, God, that's just the 90s incarnate. Uh, I think my daughter's got it for me because I wear a lot of like band shirts still, yeah. even though I'm 48. I think they got it for me just as a joke and didn't think I'd wear it. And it's like part of the regular rotation now. Like I wear it to their orientation and stuff like, you know, it's all good. That's awesome. That's awesome. How you doing, man? How you been? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, busy, but yeah, doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Really good. busy. Good. Yeah. Should we jump into it? Yeah. I 
it's been a long time coming. I'm glad that we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get you're a busy man. You're a single father. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time this morning to do it with me. Yeah, no problem. My kids are gone. So um, my oldest is 19, so she's gone all the time anyway. But, yeah. you know, luckily my youngest took off for the weekend. So Right on. And which album are you here to talk about, Dustin? Catherine Wheels, Chrome. Very nice. On CD yeah. in your hand. Is that like one you've had for years or you had to rebuy it at some point? No, yeah, I rebought it. Like, I think when the pandemic started, like, maybe right before when I started doing the vinyl collection, mm-hmm. I started to just redo all the CDs from my past. Yeah. Just to get those back in the collection. Yeah, I talked about that in a recent <laughs> episode. Like, I unloaded all that shit when I moved, and now it's like, oh, yeah. now, now I want it all back. <laughs> yeah, and all during the pandemic, I spent so much money during the, like, especially during the, like, the lockdown at the beginning. Yeah. Like, any album I can think of that I wanted, that's out on vinyl I bought. Any album that I can think of on CD, I, I ended up getting, and now I just yeah. have way too much. But, you know, I have everything I want. <laughs> Everyone had to find a way to get through that time period somehow. You found a pretty productive way, it sounds like to me. Yeah, 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 for sure. This is your second time on the show, so I won't ask how you and I know each other. I'll ask you a completely different, unrelated question. Sounds good. I'm a big movie nerd. Okay. What's the last good movie you watched? Ah, man. So every Christmas, I take my kids out. It's a tradition from my dad before he passed, like before he got sick every year. He would take us while we were growing up to the movies on Christmas. Mm-hmm. So every Christmas, I take my daughters to the movies, and you know, I got two daughters, so it's always something not great, you know, <laughs> I guess. But last, it was great. We saw Violent Night. Okay. And it was fucking amazing. Still haven't seen that. I'm going to watch it this coming Christmas season. Fucking sure. amazing. Not going to ruin it for you. Please don't. But it, like, it had just the amount of killing, mm-hmm. of gratuitous violence. And just the amount of like cheesy Christmas magic, you know, it was, it was great. It's a fine balance to strike. <laughs> right, yeah, it was great. It was a great movie. So I'd have to say that. I mean, okay. so you put me on the spot, you know. Yeah. I really haven't watched a lot of like recent movies, like mm-hmm. a lot. It's all like just old stuff. You know, how many times have I watched Clerks? A no. shitload. Did you watch Clerks three? <laughs> I haven't seen Clerks three yet. Did you see Clerks two? I did. I did. Okay. I liked it. I enjoyed it for what it is. Clerks 3 is like, it's a little darker. It's a little more adult and serious, but I loved it. I would like it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it today on this lazy Sunday before <laughs> band practice. Yeah. That's a good idea. And yeah, your band, this is Red, White, and Booze that you're getting No, Big Ass Hand. Big Ass Hand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Ass Hand. Yeah. Staying uh, true to the music making roots. I love it. I try to get yeah. together with our buddy, you know, Christian Harominski. He and I started trying oh, yeah, to get yeah. together to like, let's just jam something. Let's just get together. Let's get together <laughs> once every week or two. And it's just been like. Nope. Like, it's so hard yeah. just to get together. It's hard to get, like, all four of us together mm-hmm. every week. But we've been having a lot of luck. We've been having a lot of interest in wanting to do it and, like, great. you know, keep it going. I th- Again, I think it was a pandemic. It was like, yeah. you know, we still want to play music after all that stuff ended. It's like, now we're getting old. We don't want to meet new people. <laughs> like, why don't we just yeah, play with the I people we played with 20 years ago? You know, yeah. That's awesome. I think a lot of bands are doing that now. A lot of bands from our age are getting back together. Or they're starting bands with people from their old bands, and it's yeah. just put out a lot of good local music lately. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I envy you. It's it's definitely hard to make the time, but once you get the ball rolling and get like the routine going, like yeah. you guys clearly have, it gets a little bit easier. I tell everybody, everybody's busy and stuff like that, but I, mm-hmm. I say like, dude, if I can do it, I mean... I'm a single dad with two teenage daughters and like a full-time business and like, and not that like I'm busier than anybody else or I'm better than anybody or can manage time better, but yeah, but if I can do it, 
anybody can put together, you know, two hours a week. It takes the like recurring commitment. It's yeah, like yeah, quitting yeah. smoking. You have to keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just keep doing it. Right. So let's get into Captain Reels Chrome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fucking classic shoegaze yeah. seminal album. How did yeah. you get into it? Um, well, more just Captain Reel in general. I had a buddy back in high school. His name was Jim Hamilton, and he was just like the stereotypical, just like alternative, just cool guy. Just like <laughs> had the long, greasy hair, and like mm-hmm. found the cool cardigans at like Value Village. That like, how did this kid? find all these things and I can't find shit when I go there and like you know even like the cheerleader girls thought this kid was like cute and stuff mm-hmm. he just knew everything knew about all these bands carried around his acoustic guitar everywhere played disarm all the time freaking played just like lemon heads all the time just yeah. anything like and just we would hang out at his house and he'd play acoustic guitar and he'd always be watching like VHS tape like 120 minutes and alternative yeah. nation stuff like that and that's all the kid would watch like we'd go over there and it'd just be like tapes of like 120 minutes or like yeah. Alternation and um, the Black Metallic video came on. Mm-hmm. And from their first album, from Ferment. Yeah. I loved it, you know, I was into The Cure and The Smiths and like, you know, shoegazy stuff back then and like, you know, Failure and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. I loved it and I never heard them before. So I got that album and, you know, loved that one. You know, I Want to Touch You, I got into that song really well. And then the next year they came out with Chrome. We were sitting around and I think we were probably watching Alternative Nation or 120 Minutes and the video for Crank came on. And that's, you know, so we're like, all right, well, went to Wazoo's the next day in Ann Arbor and went and picked up Chrome. Love that place. And that's definitely how you learned that new albums were coming out at the time. Like you wouldn't get any sort of notice in advance and be like, oh shit, there's a single. I guess I need to go out and get that. Yeah. I think it was like the debut on it because they hyped it up pretty much. Like it was their single from that album and they were coming off some momentum from Black Metallic and stuff and from Ferment. Yeah. I think there was some expectation, some hope that this album would really take off. And it did in England. It was grunge time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It did take off some places. Not huge in America. I went through a similar thing listening to Black Metallic. My older brother, who's about your age, he got into Catherine Wheel from Black Metallic and he bought the cassette of Ferment. So I was growing up listening to that, then he bought the cassette of Chrome. So it was one of those albums that I never had to buy when I lived at home because I could just borrow his copy. Then once I got older, I ended up, you know, it was one of the first things I remember downloading from Napster or whatever once I got older. specific song that is your favorite song on this album uh number five pain (laughs) 
I mean, just being the emo, the emo guy I am. Oh, it's so emo. But it's so good. Like at the end, you get like goosebumps and chills. Like when it goes through that haunting, like do, 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 do part, like that part, yeah. like it just gets you. And then it breaks into like the distortion and then back into the, ah, oh, dude, it's so good. You get like goosebumps and like kind of feeling woozy and stuff when you listen to it, especially under, you know, some substances that <laughs> we used to take when we listened to this album. For sure. Yeah, it's goosebumpy. That's the word, man. It's, it's it very is. much goosebump inducing. I chose that not as my favorite song, but as my underrated song. good returning to this album listening to it this time i was like shit this is probably i mean i have a favorite but pain might be the best song on the album and it's so long it doesn't take any it fucking, is very long it, yeah it's got no bones about being almost eight minutes long and it doesn't feel but you don't notice it right. you don't even notice it especially in the end when it during the breakdown part and like at the end it, just from the beginning it starts off that little you know him doing the do 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 part and it's awesome such a great song yeah, I was listening to it. I'm like, man, why didn't they make this a single? Then I looked at the length of the, right, of the song. I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's why. Because it really, in some ways, is one of the catchier songs on it the is. album. Yeah, I love it so much. Very catchy, and it sticks to like, because this album kind of veers off a little. Um, and I think because it was during the grunge time, and they wanted it to be more easily accessible. And it like, this album kind of veers off the shoegazy part of it, you know, a little bit way more from Ferment. Yeah. The song kind of sticks kind of that format, especially that swirling like guitar, you know, noise that they have with all the layering and the like <laughs> wall of sound. <laughs> the thickness. Yeah, yeah, it's so thick. That's the word. There's so much layered guitar on the album generally, but that song in particular, oh, yeah. you really get like the full frontal assault of these gentle waves of like pre-emo core <laughs> oh oh so yeah. good i read about it and um fans like death cab for cutie mm -hmm. like told them that they wouldn't even exist without this album you know so it did kind of lay a lot of like i really got into like deftones oh, yeah. you know back in the like late 90s and they said that like captain Rio was one of their favorite bands and like interpool mm -hmm. and stuff like that bands you wouldn't even think of you know just like comes from this tree of this band that was just doing this grungy shoegaze. Yeah, this album didn't take off and the band didn't take off quite the way that it seemed like they could have or should have, but they certainly left a yeah. lasting mark with a lot of musicians, because I've yeah. seen that too, that a lot of bands I like and a lot of musicians I like will name check them as an influence. Well, I'm sure a lot of later Radiohead stuff probably like, because oh. they were kind of contemporary, yeah. but I'm sure like from this album, you know, they took off once they got away from the organic sound, you know, I'm sure Radiohead took a lot from Catherine Wheel and stuff also. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they're one of those bands that just kind of like, they were a seed band, you know? Yeah. Alien Seeds. Although Pain, while well, I acknowledge, is probably the best song on the album. I still have to say that my favorite song on the album is still Crank.
I hear that song and I feel like I'm 13. You know, it sounds like being 13 yeah. or 14 years old. <laughs> and it does. It reminds me of being in Jim Hamilton's bedroom, listening to British music. You know? Yeah, it takes you right <laughs> back because for a long time, I wasn't listening to this album regularly. I listened to it regularly as a kid. And then I kind of dropped out of it for quite a few years, like a decade at least. But during that time, I never stopped listening to Crank. That would always be like on mixes that yeah. I'd make for myself yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So It's catchy. Yeah, it's catchy, but it's not catchy like in a vapid or like remotely like no, no. sugary kind of way. It's very just well-structured. You know what I mean? It's just like a really yeah, well-written yeah. song. I agree. have any other memories tied to this album just from you know my group of friends you know my two best friends from back in my high school days and just getting out of high school and stuff and getting your first apartment and you know taking substances and this was an album we listened to like a lot you know my friends don and jeremy who i miss a lot you know just the people that you like you said it brings you you know you listen it brings you back to like you're 13 you know i listen to this album it brings me back to like looking at a stucco ceiling and it melting you know and like <laughs> and even though i'm 48 and i don't indulge in stuff like that yeah. anymore and i appreciate the music now for more for what mm -hmm. it is than for the visual and mental enhancement but like i still love it but it still reminds me of those times and my buddies don and jeremy for sure yeah you know i've never done hallucinogens to this album but i could see where it'd be great for that because it creates such a landscape in your mind like it's so rich very thick yeah it's so rich and now being the age i am and um you know now you hear all the stuff that you really wouldn't you know like the swirling guitar part and pain you know you, that stuff stands out to you that really wouldn't stand out to you if that wasn't part of your experience in the past and also at that age, a lot of times stuff that was unique or trendsetting would feel like you just kind of accept it as a teenager. You just kind of accept it as, well, this is this is what they did. This is how it is. And like maybe later you listen to it again. You're like, oh, this is actually really unique. And I could see where other bands were kind of lifting off this a little bit. Yeah. Like when I got into Deftones, like it made me like, even though I really wasn't into bands like the Deftones, you know, it made me more accessible because of bands like. Catherine Wheel and Hum and stuff like that. And those are like the bands that, you know, even though they're more metally, those are them and Depeche Mode are like the bands that the Deftones pretty much, they're the three bands that why they exist, you know? That's cool. Do you have an underrated song from this album? Uh, I mean, yeah, probably, you know, Chrome. I never really gave it much because it's the choppiness at the beginning, but the ending is killer. 
and the amount of you know thickness and just heaviness and just the chords that they're just tearing through at the end yeah i mean i, I like that song a lot obviously I, I like the album so i really like that song too but you don't almost expect the title track to be one of the more accessible songs but that's not it's kind of crunchy and kind of aggressive by their standards yeah yeah you know that's what i think was the sign of the times like from ferment to chrome was them trying to be more accessible to the american crowd because shoegaze never caught on in america even though they were thicker you know they were heavier than most Mm -hmm. english contemporaries and more on the rock side you know i think that's why they tried to make it a little bit more accessible and less shoegazy yeah it's very much a guitarist's kind of album yeah i feel like Oh, and also, I didn't realize that uh, Rob Dickinson and Bruce Dickinson from Iron yeah. Maiden are cousins. Yeah, cousins. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. It just never would have guessed. I mean, just one of those random things. And I was looking at stuff doing research and stuff, and they look exactly oh. alike. Like, you can tell, like, the family lineage. Like, I mean, Bruce is a bit older, you know, but, like, they have the same, like, British straight-ahead, you know, haircut, just like the Caesar, I guess that is. I think in 98 or so, everyone had the Caesar. <laughs> Thank you, George <laughs> Clooney. True. I certainly did. <laughs> and also, it's funny to me that, you know, they got all of this influence and they became such a, like an important band to so many people, but Rob Dickinson, he left the life. He like runs like a, yeah, he did. some sort of Porsche restoration company or something. Yeah. Shit. Like a, like an auto detailing, like Porsche dealership yeah. or some shit. I think that's kind of cool. Like, I mean, I've mentioned this on the show before that Greg Dooley, he took his money from his bands and became like a bar owner and stuff. It's savvy, I think, for someone to like be on top of the world and rather or as close as on top of the world as you can be in the alternative scene. And rather than being like, hey, this is going to be me for the rest of my life, be like, okay, I'm going to take this money while I've got it and invest in that way. And while Greg Dooley was able to just kind of keep on doing what he's doing because of those bars, obviously Rob Dickinson doesn't look like they're getting back together anytime soon. Although they did release an EP recently, like a of material from this era like some like rare demos and stuff which is the first release they put out in a long time yeah i think the last studio album was like 2000 or yeah. something and that was like way way different there's like acoustic songs and like some keyboards on it and like yeah you know i kind of checked out after um the album after chrome happy days. you know uh happy yeah. days yeah i liked a couple songs on there and kind of checked out and then you know the screamo days happened yeah and, and we were listening to different stuff right well that brings me yeah to my yeah. next question then for you what is the weakest song on this album i'd probably the last three in general but like if you want to do maybe show me mary the radio hit
you know, you have this thick, heavy, shoegazy emo album, then you have this la la di da like, poppy, just, I don't want to listen to that shit. If I wanted, I'd listen to the Beatles, and I'd rather play in traffic and get hit by a bus than listen to the Beatles. I love the Beatles, but I fucking strongly <laughs> dislike Show Me Mary. I've always strongly disliked Show Me Mary. I'm grateful that it's the last song on the album, so I could just quickly run to the CD yeah. player and hit stop. It sounds yeah, like the too. fucking Friends theme song. It's everything but the claps. <laughs> it does. It does. I could do with the do-do-do's in pain because, dude, it that's works. like, do-do-do's are like haunting. Yeah. La-di-da's like, I don't want to listen to that. The whole vibe of that song, it's like they released the album and someone went, oh, shit. No one's going to like this. We better put a single out that yeah. sounds like the fucking Spin Doctors. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's completely incongruous with the rest of the album. And it is the direction that they went in. Like from that point on, yeah, I tried yeah. listening to Happy yeah. Days. I tried listening to Wishville. There's like one or two songs on each album. I'm like, this one's pretty good. But most of it sounds a lot like Show Me Mary, which was the wrong direction yeah. to go in. Like they had these two incredible albums in Ferment and Chrome. And then just like, it seems like they started trying to reach for attention or something or like they got like a new manager yeah. i don't know but it was a mistake in my opinion uh, yeah yeah i agree i kind of had a feeling you might say the same thing <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because it's a radio hit song i'm not no i'm not that cynical anymore you know whatever the most music i listen to right now is pop post malone stuff yeah. like that but like you know i just can't no i feel you yeah crank was the other big single and that's my favorite i love it but yeah show me mary just sounds like it just sounds like a different band, a different yeah. band, a different song from a different album. It just doesn't fit, and it's not my style. But uh, I'm yeah. very thankful for the rest of the album. And you're right, before that even, it kind of starts to be like Half-Life, for instance. Yeah, like that's like a Bruno Mars song. <laughs> like, I just like, it's all like funky, like, come on. It kind of like blends into everything, too. Like, it doesn't stand out. Like, you know, like I was looking at the track list before talking to you today, and I'm like looking at all the songs, like, yeah, I like that song. That song's great. And I looked at Half-Life, like, what's the fuck? What, what's that one sound like again? Like, I couldn't even remember because it's just kind of yeah. like it's one of those it's not bad but uh it's no show me mary i'll give it that no yeah it's better than that but yeah, you know. for sure you never saw them live did you no no by the time like uh, yeah, yeah no unfortunately it's one of those english bands that didn't really take off here i don't know anybody that i know that has seen them but they do seem like you know if he can give up his time at the uh, Porsche dealership or whatever, it does seem like they would be prime right about now to kind of come back and do a tour and do that kind of thing that a lot of bands are doing right now. With what you were saying earlier, kind of reunite. I'd love to see it. You would think so. Yeah, me too. I, it would definitely be a show that I would definitely make sure that I would go to. Yeah, unless it was in England you know? or something, that would, that would suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd have to be a, near me because, <laughs> like, you know, I just listened to your last episode and you you were talking about how hard it is for you to get the shows and stuff. You know, if it's not number one on the weekend or if it's not, like, close to me, I ain't going. <laughs> I hate to say it because, I mean, like, I've gotten to that point kicking and screaming. I've, there's been multiple shows like, that I've bought tickets for and on a weekday. And then the, the actual yeah. night comes around. I'm like, ah. yeah. I had tickets to see Lemonheads play Shame About Ray live. And that's, like, one of my favorite all-time albums. So the guy I was going to go see it with me dropped too. out at the last second. And I was just, like, kind of under the weather. I'm just like, oh. It would have been a shit show anyways, yeah. honestly. I've it heard was. some things. <laughs> it would have been a, have been a shit show. I love them. It's the same about Ray's one of my all-time favorites, too. You know, top three, you know, but like... Love it. It would have been a shit yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was partly why I was okay kind of bowing out. But it's like, <laughs> all right, after this past week where I didn't go to the Broken Social Scene show, I was like, all right, 
no more. I'm just not going to buy tickets unless it's on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, because otherwise I know I'm just not going to go. And even if it's on a Sunday, (laughs) maybe not. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm up too early. I have to get my daughter to school. Like it's cross country season. You know, we're busy, man. Yeah, I get up at 530 in the morning for work. I'm just like, I'm not staying out till midnight the night before. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Old man, we're getting old. I don't mind it. It's just, it takes some getting used to, I guess. It takes a lot of motivation. Yeah, to get out there and get off the couch. <laughs> Once I get home, I'm pretty much home. There's a shark-shaped fin in the water of my dreams. Alligator screams from the depths there. You know, like I said, it just reminds me of my buddies, you know, Jim Hamilton hanging out in his bedroom and then my better buddies, Jeremy Dean and Don Hammond. The life with them, you know, in our early 20s and just our Mm pre-adult life, you know, they were like the two most important people to me and just, you know, just hanging out and just, you know, like you said, it brings back memories. And now that we're getting old, you know, you cherish that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And music is kind of like, what's like smelling something, you know what I mean? How it can like bring you right back in your mind yeah it just serves as this memory trigger and i think that you know that's what nostalgia does but when you're dealing with an album like chrome you get this double whammy of the nostalgia and an incredible album plus one bad song (laughs) (laughs) yeah that makes it better you know we're not doing the things we were doing back in the day but it stands the test of time you know it's not like 311 yeah, there's plenty of stuff from that era that like I go to try to listen to now. I was a big, real big fish fan. I try to listen to that now. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, how did I get on board with this? And then there's stuff like this where it's like, I'm never going to grow out of this album or ferment. They're both ones I regularly return to, especially as I've gotten older. Well, I kind of stopped for quite a few years in my, like you said, like the screamo kind of hardcore days of my life. Once I kind of got over that phase and got into my 30s, I was like, okay, I'm returning to my roots. And this was very much one of those albums for me. Yeah, I still went back to it just, you know, because, you know, when I did listen to a lot of like, you know, the screamo things, you know, you did hear some similarities in that, like, I'm really big into Mineral. Yeah. On their third song on um, Power Failing, the song's slower when they're really slow and then they do the breakdown and then the the guitar squealing and then just they get heavy again and i was always like man that sounds so much like pain and then i got the album the power of failing and i read through all the linear notes and like he totally admits it he's like yeah we were listening to a lot of chrome in the studio and we just we ripped that part off (laughs) (laughs) that's cool they uh they included that give the shout out yeah and it's cool you recognize that yeah it did yeah that says everything that brings us full circle to the beginning of this conversation that this is one of those bands that bands love yeah and so whether anyone listening whether you were a fan or not it's worth digging into to kind of get those it's like a living fossil (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. Kind of. That's what music does, yeah. man. That's why it's important to so many people. And like, even if it's not in the language that you speak, you still nod your head to it because that's what it is. It's life. Yeah. It brings back 
you know, everything. For sure. So speaking of music, I'm going to get us into our final questions of the day. Usually I kind of ask questions related to the 90s, but you and I are both a couple of scenesters, yes. especially you. Yes. Um, you still are <laughs> making music and in the scene and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about this. Okay. I thought about the question myself this morning. I ended up coming up with my answers in like a minute. Okay. So I imagine you probably could too. I want to go through three, two, one. So you'll talk about your third and I'll talk about my third. You talk about your second. I'll talk about my second. I'll talk about your first. I'll talk about my first. Top three local bands. Of all time ever. Okay. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I almost sent you the question in advance, but I didn't want you to like <laughs> wrestle with it and like not be able to come up. You know what I mean? Like, right. like just come up with like 20 things. So I thought like if I ask you kind of on the spot, the first three that come to your mind are probably the main ones. That's what I ended up thinking. was like, I thought of like four or five bands, but really it's like, it's three. My gosh. I'm just trying to think of how to rank them. You know I mean? Like, okay. Do you want me to tell you my number three and you kind yeah. of think about what yeah, I'm talking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So for my number three, I came up with the band Chore from Ann Arbor. Yeah, I remember them. Remember them? Yeah, yeah I, they're I was fucking great. They played them in a lot of Ypsilanti basements. Song. You saw them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of Ypsilanti basements. Yeah. All right. Very envious. I am very envious because that first six song EP came out in 1994, and they had like just copies of that line around Ann Arbor, mm -hmm. like for free. And I stumbled across it as a 14 year old, but you would have been 19, so you would have been like, yeah or 18 or so you would have been like more active in the scene for me it was just something i'm like what is this i'll take it home and listen to it i end up being obsessed with that six song ep forever and um they became like one of those bands i would chase after and there's another band called chore from canada which is like a screamo or like emo band which i'm not talking about them if anyone goes to listen to them if you want to listen to chore as far as i know the only way to listen to chore right now you have to go to youtube type in chore discography and go down a little bit to the yellow album where it's like a cat with a halo got everything that they ever put out there all fucking right there and it's still so good i mean it's like it's noise rock combined with punk but yeah. it's also really melodic it sounds like archers of loaf if they just came from like an angrier place so good chore is so underrated yeah i agree i first had moved out to ypsilanti and um just and i had been playing in bands but i don't think you know I, we were playing shows yet so i was going to a lot mm -hmm. of like the basement shows and like cross street station you know and stuff okay. like that and um yeah, I saw them numerous times. They were great. You know, great energy. It's awesome. Just seeing bands, you know, like that in, in basements is, again, memories, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
for sure. Uh, I probably three. I'd probably have to say um, just like nostalgia, perfect, like small brown bike. Even though they did hit it big, mm-hmm. they were signed to Vagrant, I believe, or yeah, Vagrant, I believe, or no, Lookout. They were signed to Lookout, okay. Oh, really? And again, it was just like, just moving to Ipsy and just going to shows every weekend and just cross mm-hmm. Station and Blind Pig and, um, you know, and they were one of those bands that hit it big, you know, big in relation, you know? Yeah, in the scene, like in the screamo scene. Yeah, so it could kind of show you this band that we knew, that we talked to all the time, that we played at the same places with, they made it. And, um, yeah, Small Brown Bikes probably would have to be number three. Oh, I think that's a great call. I mean, they're, they're so... They're so influential too. People don't realize that. Like again, yeah. it's musicians' bands. You go to like a lot of like mm-hmm. you know the Taking Back Sunday type of emo screamo, and a lot of them exactly. are like, man, small right. brown bike from Lansing, you know, Michigan. They were so good, and they, you know, they were. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they fit right in with the hot water music and all that kind of stuff yeah. that was coming out at the time, and somehow didn't get quite the level of attention, but as good as all yeah. that stuff for sure. My number two. Bear vs. Shark. Shit, I would have forgot about them. Thanks for bringing them up. Yeah. God damn. They're playing with Heads Will Roll in December. Yeah, really they're so good to too them. from back in the day, man. Blind Pig in the day, man. Yep. Man. And Favorite Shark is just like, they're the band that like, I wish the band that I was in would be like them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's very like, Mark Paffy's stage presence was always so impressive. He and was someone just, to look to, like, as a yeah. local guy, be like, okay, I need to step up my game, you know, being a front man. Yeah, and the whole band, I mean, John Cavilio is just so incredibly talented and yep. all those guys, just really, really solid musicians and creating music that, you know, I grew up with them. So I was like, I kind of took it for granted. And then like, I knew that they got popular. And then I moved to Philadelphia like 10 years later. And I learned that like, yeah, I knew they were on Equal Vision. I knew that people liked them. But then I started like talking to a bunch of Philadelphians who loved them. Yeah. And then I saw them in Philadelphia and they had like a huge turnout. And they were like, people were like walking up off the street, and be like, oh, Mark Paffy and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I kind of like didn't realize just how big they actually are and still are. Like they're still really beloved, which is great. They are. They are. Now I'm just going to be some homers and not go with like some uh, bands who hit it just because, and they probably should have. Number two has to be Drop Jaw.
just because the shows and just like I love them so much, man. Their energy and just like mm-hmm. they sounded like grade, you know. What I mean, and and, mm-hmm. and I love great, you know, under the influence. I love that album. There was like emo and screamo, but he was like shouting all the lyrics, you know. He wasn't singing at all, trying to sound pretty. He wasn't like American yeah. Idol emo, you know, which is like <laughs> you know a classical singer. You know, he was like shouting at you and like. They were so good, you know. The shows were so awesome. They always had the best-looking girls there. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got to talk shit about you know Eric and his $200 haircut. You know, I mean, back in the day, but like they always had good-looking girls there, which was a great show. You know, when you're that age. I remember the name, but I never, I never listened to them. I'll have to check them out. They're good. I don't know if they're on Spotify. Um, on YouTube, maybe if they're not on Spotify, maybe they'll be like chore and be on YouTube. Maybe. My number one is also not on Spotify, but you can find them on YouTube. They had two albums and a live album, and they're probably the band I've seen most in my life. Me and my friends used to follow the Parker Kings around Michigan like they were the fucking Grateful Dead. different kind of ska because yeah they're ska but they're always like this weird kind of r&b like chill ska like they just had such a different kind of feel to them compared to what i was used to in that genre and where like i was making fun of real big fish earlier like there's not a lot of ska that i can go back and listen to now but every time i put the parker kings on it's a double whammy again the the nostalgia and the actually being good because their music is just elevated in the genre it's just something that is just significantly more serious and also like party music at the same time but also me and my friends like to us listening to parker kings and seeing them live at the 432 in flint in particular we just went everywhere we could to see them and just got to the point where like we'd recognize them if they walked by us right they were like local celebrities to us and nobody knew them outside of chicago and detroit but the parker kings are solid gold in my book right on all right number one i'm i'm not gonna say coke dick motorcycle awesome you're not (laughs) amazed i thought you were (laughs) not gonna say coke dick motorcycle Uh, so number one is a band who's still around so like we'll give them some love it's touch the clouds They're from the Detroit area. They're from back in the small brown bike days. There was a band called Few and Far Between. And oh, there, I remember that. yeah, and there was a band called Love Sick. Um, Nikki, the bassist, they you know, Saturday looks good to me, you know, from back from the Ann Arbor scene. They're in that band and Brian from Suburban Delinquent. Oh. They're a band right now and they've been around for 
probably 15 years or so, but just a hodgepodge of like local, you know, post-hardcore, you know, legends that they play um, huh. kind of like atmosphere post-hardcore, post-rock type atmospheric stuff. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Really good band. I'm so glad you brought them up because I hadn't heard of them, but I, you know, I'm familiar with all those bands that they're from, from back in the day. Travis from Small Brown Bike um, has colon cancer, and um, mm-hmm. we're doing a benefit for him in Lansing on November 17th at the Avenue, and Touch the Clouds are playing, and, um, you know, Suburban Delinquents is also playing. Oh. And uh, the Cold Joys, who are members of Kid Brother Collective, they're playing, and um, okay. it's going to be a great show for Travis. That is awesome. I think this will probably come out shortly after that. Okay. But I, I hope it goes well, and if I can come, I will. It's not on a weekday, is it? No, it's a weekend weekend okay. I, I booked the show so i made sure <laughs> smart man smart man <laughs> awesome man well thank you so much for coming on the show yeah, again yeah. I, it means a lot to me to be able to come out and uh, make the time for me on this sunday morning and talk about this shit with me yeah for sure Okay, thank you for listening to me and Dustin gush and even criticize a little bit the album Chrome from the Catherine Wheel. Or is it just Catherine Wheel? I've been saying the Catherine Wheel for a long time, but in doing some research for this, I guess it's just Catherine Wheel. Whatever. That band. Very much appreciate Dustin coming on. He knows his shit. But you don't have to be an aficionado on local or any other kind of music to come on the show. Anybody's welcome on the show. All you have to do is love an album. It's from 9394. And reach out to me at 9394podcast at gmail.com. And let me know that you want to come on the show. If you're trying to think of an album to do, we've been talking about Michigan bands here, local bands here. In 1993, Michigan's own Majesty Crush released the album Love 15. And it included this classic song, Number One Fan. other good songs on this album too um really underrated album again kind of shoegazy a little bit very breathy and like fuzzy rock so good even if you don't want to come on the show and talk about this album you should listen to this album but yes you're very welcome to come on the show and talk about any album you want from 93 94 let me know please do review the show rate the show rank the show subscribe follow do all those things it helps it helps me Okay, thank you. Take care.
9394, a music podcast with Travis Roy, is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.